What's good, friends? List episode 68 of the Game Pass Gamecast coming at you. Microsoft has confirmed its launch titles releasing beside the Xbox Series X and S next month, and it seems to confirm the fear of many fans. That being, what software is actually driving you to buy into those systems on day one? So, this week, we examine if the features of Microsoft's next-gen systems, such as Quick Resume, Smart Delivery, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and more, are enough to justify that day one purchase. And, even with the very bright future ahead for Xbox Game Studios, could the slow trickle of first-party content in its first year cause the systems to potentially stumble out of the gate? Also, Microsoft and GameStop have entered into quite a unique partnership, with Microsoft sharing revenue from all Xbox digital sales with the longtime games retailer. Could this be enough to help GameStop be competitive in the inevitable all-digital future? Plus, the new UI for the Xbox ecosystem is dropping within the week on Xbox One consoles and will represent what you will see when you boot up your new Xbox Series console on day one. Is simplicity the right approach to user interface after seeing the feature set that Sony is offering in the PlayStation 5 UI? All of this and much more on the newest jam-packed episode of the Game Pass Gamecast. <laughs> now the fun begins. Welcome back to another episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversations around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe to us, rate us, review us, all that jazz. Every week, you know, I go through the same thing. Wherever you get a podcast at, do all of that and follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast. Stay up to date with everything regarding the show, Vigi Games alike, and all of our dope giveaways. As always, I'm your host, Travis White, aka Travelis, on most internet platforms. Joining me as always, my partner in crime, Mike Peepak. Mike, what's good? What's going on? And are you excited for AOE 3DE, my man? This guy bringing in the hot topic. I'm, I'm just coming in right off the fucking cuck. I'm I'm throwing it right out there. Coming in hot. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. I don't enjoy it as much as I enjoy Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. Well, <laughs> I mean, that I guess technically I don't know the answer to that yet because I haven't played AoE 3 DE. But to be fair, I always preferred AoE 2 over AoE 3 greatly. Um, there's just... It's one of those things where I can't really quantify the reasoning. Maybe mm-hmm. some nostalgia, but I feel like AOE 2 for being made in 1999 is just such a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've co- constantly made it better. So I am interested and intrigued to see what they do with AOE 3 DE, but um, that'll be exciting to see. Um, you you but- know what's funny? You saying that too, like there's been a couple of people just on different podcasts and whatnot that I've been listening to over the past week who have talked about, um, you know, oh, games coming out within the next week in one of them was Age of Empires 3 DE. And everyone who I've heard talk about that has said like the same thing that they're like, yeah, I've always connected with AOE 2 a lot more. Like, I remember liking AOE 3, but like barely playing any of it, but like sinking a ton of time into AOE 2. Like, it's just, it seems like that's such a common thread across like like, the fan base. 
the games that really come to mind that have that problem, if you will, mm-hmm. is, um, you know, a game like Diablo 2 compared to Diablo 3. And this is primarily mm-hmm. Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction. So um, when I talk about D2, it's mostly going to be with uh, Lord of Destruction in- included, just for the listeners out there. Um, mm-hmm. And yes... I have gone through the battle of people with Twitter. When they refer to D2, they were talking Destiny 2. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. (laughs) Type that out. D2 is Diablo 2. But, you know, that's just me being an old ass man. And now, you know, obviously D2 is is referring to Destiny 2. Um, Mm. And then I feel like StarCraft 2 gets the same problem with StarCraft 1. You know, a lot of people still play Brood War. And it's not that StarCraft 2 is a bad game. It's right. just a situation where everyone still loves Brood War. And um, even for me, like, going way farther back. So this is something that, like, even Counter-Strike struggled with, with CS 1.6 versus uh, Source, whenever basically most of the major tournaments were still being played on 1.6 instead of Source. And um, mm-hmm. Rogue Spear compared to, you know, newer Rainbow Six games. Like, it happens a lot to games. But, like... For as widely popular as AoE 2 is, it would be like, you know, them coming out with, when when Halo 2 Anniversary dropped, them coming out with Halo 3 Anniversary and people still choosing Halo 2 Anniversary over it just because they might enjoy that game more. But Mm -hmm. I digress. Um, I am super excited, though, because NHL 21 comes out tomorrow. And every year I'm like... I get so fed up with EA's bullshit, and I'm like, I'm never buying another <laughs> NHL game again. And then it's release day for NHL, and I'm like, oh, piece of candy, and I just want to pick it up. Like, it's just, yeah. it is what it is. But I was watching a couple of YouTube videos because they do release the game early to influencers, and I was mm-hmm. watching the new Bia Pro mode, and it does actually look pretty sweet. So I'm excited to give that a whirl. And, of course, EASHL, which, you know, nobody's ever going to come back from 3-0 deficit in the third period like us to win the amateur championship a few years Fuck back. yeah, we are. That, that's, but, uh, it's been like what 10 years now <laughs> since <then? laughs> it's been a few but uh yeah i'm excited for nhl comes out tomorrow so uh well actually when this is released it'll be out so yeah pumped for so that so go pick it up if you're a hockey fan like us you know definitely go pick it up plus they have that uh that throwback edition of the game too that i saw they're releasing this year included with it like the nhl 94 edition that you can yep. play so that looks really cool um yeah, outside of that, I mean, what else have you, like, what have you been playing this week? I know I usually ask you that. I'm trying to start the podcast. We're 68 episodes in now. I've been trying to think of ways, like, okay, I always ask everybody every week, whoever's, you know, on the show with me, just what's good, what's going on, what have you been playing? But I gotta, I gotta spice it up a little bit. That's why I threw the AOE 3 in there at the beginning. But realistically, what have you been playing outside of your normal rigmarole? Um, this is a week where I actually haven't been mixing it up too much, uh, admittedly. Um, mm-hmm. basically just been playing, I started streaming again, so I've been playing some mm-hmm. AOE 2, uh, Definitive Edition on stream, uh, mm-hmm. rated 1v1 games and having some fun with that. Um, but I have been slowly working on getting back into form for Ninja Gaiden Black, which I was never really in a, you know, particularly great form for mm-hmm. speed running, but it is something that I'm getting into again, just because I... If I do have a little bit of free time, that's just a game that's like <clears throat> always going to be on my radar and I'm always going to be like fiending to play. So I still have been playing some AOE or some Ninja Gaiden Black. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. That's great. I it I had a feeling it would probably be like that for you this week, knowing that you got back into streaming and seeing that specific. It seems like you have such a like rhythm whenever you get back into streaming with certain games that you play. Not that that's a bad thing by any means. It's just 
you you know your niche with streaming and know that like the specific market that you kind of go for with your streaming. Yeah, I mean, works. I just I mean, I, I've that's gotten not into thing. the trap of like trying to either a stay with what's trendy or b you know try to rotate games out regularly. But I always see more growth. I always see more support. Not just from the the usual parties, but recently as I've been streaming AOE, I've been climbing a, just up a, a few viewers. Like we're talking like seven or eight instead of three. And it's just been a few people that are brand new to watching me have been, mm -hmm. you know, tuning in pretty much, you know, every time I stream, which I'm so thankful for. And then Ninja Gaiden Black's a game like that. There's a guy who I don't know. I doubt he listens to this podcast because he's not very active on Twitter. But there was a guy, and he goes by Mr. Right Now, W-R-I-T-E. Um, and he was a guy who, every time I stream Ninja Gaiden Black speedrunning, even if it's been a year hiatus from streaming that, he's in my chat watching. So there, mm -hmm. there's some cool things with, like, picking a smaller game like that. Um, mm -hmm. It does seem like you kind of have someone who might, or people who might be wanting to support smaller streamers, and they're, like, super religious about tuning in because... They just enjoy watching that. And, of course, Ninja Gaiden Black is definitely not as active on the Twitch sphere as Ninja Gaiden is, or as uh, AoE is, sorry. Mm -hmm. But even with AoE, you know, I still get some fresh people, and, and people, you know, are pretty cool about supporting. So it's nice mm -hmm. playing the smaller games, because when you're playing, like, Fortnite or Warzone, you're a drop in a, it, like, you're a droplet of water in the ocean, you yeah. know? When you pick a smaller game like that, and it's not a, a situation where you're specifically looking to grow. Like, that's your number one goal is, like, to get as many viewers as possible. Like, mm -hmm. if you just strip that out of it and you just play what you love, it's mm -hmm. a lot more rewarding and it's a lot less cumbersome to stream than when you're, like, feeling like you're forcing yourself to get on. Which, sometimes I get into that, that, that type of rhythm because, like, Dead by Daylight was a game where I saw a lot of growth and support, but that mm -hmm. was a game that after a while, it feels like a job. It feels like I'm clocking in to do work instead of like just, Oh, I love to play video games and I'm enjoying playing this right now. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm just really into AOE too right now. I'm seeing a lot of results of like getting better and it's just a lot of fun. So I'll probably play that for a while. And then when I get sick of it, I'll move on to something else. And I do owe that you and Mike Collins, like a proper spooktober stream. So Absolutely. I think I'm just going to like out of the blue <laughs> play like Amnesia or something on stream just because I owe those guys so much. And of course, Five Nights at Freddy's, but I have to get all tuned up to do that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but on my end, um, really kind of an odd week with gaming. Uh, I've been playing some stuff, admittedly, on PlayStation and whatnot and trying to wrap up some platinum trophies I have on there. Um, just because it feels a little more generational on that end, where Xbox, I feel more of my content's carrying forward comparatively. Um, so, but in terms of games I have been playing in the Xbox and PC ecosystem, uh, I started the second season of the Batman Telltale series just to kind of play, like, you know, not shut your mind off type of thing, but like, it, it, it's just like Telltale games for the most part are literally just like playing a, a television series for the most part. So it's like, you know, if I want to just, like, decompress at night, I turn one of those on, um, you know, and just kind of play through it a little bit. And I've never played the second season of the Batman one. Uh, I really enjoyed the first one, which I played, I think it was at the beginning of this year or something like that. I can't remember. 2020 time is now just a fucking flat circle, so who the fuck knows. Um, but 
Start playing that, and then also, too, the one other game that I would want to bring up is Donut County. So I played Donut County for the first time. Very small indie game from uh, published from Annapurna. Um, definitely, if you're into... If you're into like Katamari Damacy esque experiences, which I know Adams played it, uh, and I think we've talked about it before, and he he mentioned to me to play it. Um, but literally, the whole game enco- encompasses you being a hole in the ground and swallowing up items throughout the level to get yourself bigger to basically swallow the whole town. Um, it's weird as fuck, <laughs> but it's awesome. Uh, it's it's such a cool little like I love. I love niche indie experiences like that that are, I mean, I think I beat it in two hours, um, just that you could kind of sit down, you know, play in a night, just get in and out, like, especially after something like, like I said, I've been wrapping up a couple things on within the PlayStation ecosystem lately, like I want to go back and get The Last of Us Part Two Platinum and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, taking those, going from taking like those media experiences like that, like an Uncharted, like, you know, Something like that where you're playing, you're sitting for at least, you know, a 10 to 20 hour experience. Not that that's super meaty, but a a quote unquote full length experience like that, that you're going to get for most AAA games. Um, You know, it's nice to have that palate cleanser that it's like, hey, I could just kind of pop in. This is not a very long time commitment, things like that. Like a game that I really, really enjoyed playing in a similar vein was after party um i still need to go back and finish it which we're going to talk about actually in button mesh uh the fucking timer is on with that because it's leaving game pass um so i need to go back and finish that but another game i really enjoyed uh from an indie perspective that is very similar to that it's i i really love those two to three hour experiences that you can get in and out um that are really just such a good palate cleanser after kind of sinking into a game for a while. Like, like I said, 10 to 20 hours isn't really that long of a game necessarily, but it's still, you know, a much bigger time commitment. Obviously you're not going to play that in one day, one night, something like that. So um, are you, uh, are you talking about a game? Like um, it just in particular, something that quickly comes to mind was like the Blair witch game that we played, like something that's just like lighter, very good, very immersive, but it's, uh, it has like a, really short shelf life and it's like perfect to just like play something a little different but still complete it so you're not like it's not in the backlog you know what i mean right no no 100 percent. and and blair witch is a good a good uh you know example to bring up to uh because i mean we played that game in one city i mean it probably takes about four hours to get through um and yeah it's one of those experiences that it's like cool you know what you're getting out of it and what you get out it, it my favorite thing about experiences like that is nine times out of 10, they don't overstay their welcome. Uh, and same with like, like Blair Witch. I thought it started to teeter on that a little bit, but at the same time, it knew what it was. It knew what it was trying to do. It didn't try to like go outside the parameter too much. So it was in and out and wasn't necessarily, it was it, for all intents and purposes, it, it was a walking simulator. So like, you know, experiences like that, I'm totally cool with getting in and out type of thing. So uh, yeah, Donut County. Definitely check it out. Annapurna game. Annapurna, anything they fucking put out is usually like nine times out of ten fucking great. I still need to play Kentucky Route Zero, even though I kind of talk shit on that on our one episode of where we went through, I think it was Polygon's like top 100 games of the decade or something like that. And they put mm-hmm. Kentucky Route Zero like in the top like two or three. 
and it wasn't really? even finished yet. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to go back and listen to that, or I'll have to go back and yeah. They they. That's put right. It in, I remember you talking about. That and I was now, like, yeah. and I was like, that's cool. That's no. I don't necessarily have an issue with that, but the game's not complete yet. Like, and this is a game that's been going on now for like seven years or some shit like that. It's like cool wait till the game's done like see if they land the plane type of thing like you know if you're judging this in a complete experience and yada yada anyways but yeah that's about really all i've been playing this week i'm looking into this weekend finally kind of sinking into something uh and starting up a new game but you know need that kind of palate cleanser from after playing a couple of things um that are like that but yeah donut county check that out it's fucking stellar in and out the writing is great very witty and unique and definitely it's definitely out there a little bit but if it's one of those things you throw reality out whenever you play a game like that it's fucking awesome uh and like i said annapurna fucking kicks ass with like 99 percent of what they do so anyways mike with that being said mike let's end the button match for this week we're gonna go through some quick hit articles before we head into our big topics for the week so Kicking it off here, Microsoft has highlighted some of its new backwards compatibility features with the Xbox Series X and S using Fallout 4 as an example, which will run at 60 frames per second on the Series S alone. So, some features include auto HDR for games that originally did not support HDR in general, uh, games running natively on the hardware, which means better IQ and frame rates, plus better load times, etc, etc, uh, a significant FPS boost to select titles like Fallout 4, and improved texture filtering, and much, much more. Sega's 60th anniversary celebration is underway on Steam with discounts on their in-house franchise and Creative Assembly's library of Total War games. Most unusually, Sega has also announced the publication of three new games that include a Yakuza slash Streets of Rage mashup and a playable canceled Golden Axe game. The Yakuza, Yakuza Streets of Rage mashup, if I can swallow my spit, <laughs> appropriately titled Streets of Kamurocho, features Yakuza protagonist I, I am so bad with names. The protagonist from Yakuza. I've never played Yakuza. I want to get into that series. I can't fucking say their names because I'm an idiot. So, In traditional 2D pixel from brawling their way through the waves of street thugs and enemy Yakuza, Sega also plans to release Golden Axe, a canceled prototype of a new Golden Axe game from the defunct Sega Studio Australia, which closed in 2013. Golden Axe was originally meant to be one part of a compilation 2D 2.5D reboots of Golden Axe, Altered Beast, Streets of Rage, and an endless runner version of Shinobi. The default character settings for Assassin's Creed Valhalla has you play as both the male and female versions of Eivor with the gender change at different points of the story. In a series of promotional videos called Unleash Your Inner Viking published, uh, published on IGN, it was revealed in Chapter 2 that there are actually three choices for Eivor when starting the game, female, male, or let the animus decide. The Animus, of course, is the machine that allows a person to experience the past through the use of genetic memory. Let the Animus decide is the default selection. Quote, the Animus will represent the strong, stronger female or male memory stem depending on its current strength, says the tool tip. Microsoft's secretive AAA studio, The Initiative, which technically they refer to as like a quad A studio, but that's a whole nother fucking conversation that we can get into at a different time. Microsoft's secretive AAA studio, The Initiative, has added more former Sony first party studio employees to its ranks. This time, the new employees are ex Naughty Dog animator who worked on the Uncharted series in both The Last of Us games, plus one of Naughty Dog's former technical directors, 
Lee Davis, formerly Naughty Dog's head of Melee Animation, has been appointed as the initiative's lead gameplay animator. Lauren Garcia, who was previously Naughty Dog's character shading technical director, is now the senior shading technologies at Microsoft's self-described Quad A developer. Rock Band 4, a game that we actually really liked uh, and played a lot of earlier this generation. It made a comeback for like a hot minute. Um, Rock Band 4 you developer... everything. We should definitely play it again, too. Yeah, we do still... I, I wonder if that's still at Adam's parents' house. Because that was the last place it was at. Might be. We spent a know. lot of money on making that making that happen. <laughs> yeah, so we fun did fact, get some play out of it. Yeah, fun fact. I remember that. I upgraded my phone at Best Buy, and they gave me a $300 gift card. That's what it was. They gave me a $300 Best Buy gift card because I upgraded through them, like, on Black Friday. Or no, it was the day after Christmas. That's it. Day after Christmas, got a $300 gift card to Best Buy just because... I upgraded my phone there. So I remember that was like on sale for 150 bucks and I fucking yeeted it and just said, cool, I'll do it. Yeah, That's fine. just full scent. Full scent, got the whole fucking band. It was awesome. Anyway, so Rock, Rock Band 4 developer Harmonix has confirmed that Rock Band 4, all of its DLC and a vast array of Rock Band peripherals will work from day one on Sony and Microsoft's next-gen consoles launching next month. While Sony has previously clarified the PS5 is compatible with 99% of, quote, thousands of PS4 games it has tested, and Microsoft has similarly explained almost all Xbox One games will run on Xbox Series X and S, beyond a few, quote, one-off exceptions here or there, Rock Band 4 is in a fairly unique position. Not only does it require a pile of bespoke peripherals to play, some of which date back to the PS3 and 360, it also supports thousands of individual pieces of DLC from a catalog of songs stretching back to 2007. So keep an eye on that. I'm curious to see what gets kind of like lost in translation and what gets tied up in licensing agreements and whatnot moving forward. That'll be interesting to see for just preservation's sake. I, I'm really curious about that. Here's a, here's a kind of interesting one. All Xbox 360 users will be able to bring their save data with them to Xbox Series X and S. In a blog post detailing save data performance and more, Microsoft announced cloud saves will soon be free to all Xbox 360 users, allowing players to bring their old 360 saves with them to the next generation at no additional cost. 505 Games has announced that, apart from content that is already being submitted, there will be no more production on Indivisible, following the controversy surrounding developer Lab Zero Games. 505 Games released a statement that clarifies this unfortunate decision, revealing that there will be no guest characters or backer-created characters added to the game, even though they were previously promised. The Medium, the psychological horror game from Blair Witch and Observer developer Bloober Team, which we were just talking about, will hit PC and Xbox platforms in December. Bloober Team announced that the Medium will be available for Xbox Series X and Series S, as well as PC via Steam, the Epic Game Store, and Microsoft Store on December 10th, and you can now pre-order it too on all PC versions. Moon Studio, the developer behind Ori and the Will of the Wisp and the Blind Forest, doesn't have any new Ori games planned right now, but has, quote, left the door open for a return to the series, perhaps even a prequel or spinoff, something like that. One spinoff the team does, doesn't have much control over, but would very much like to see is Ori making an appearance in Super Smash Brothers, a Nintendo franchise, I know, but stick with me here. With Ori and the Blind Forest and Ori of the Will of the Wisps now complete, the studio has said previously that it's happy with how Ori's story ended. Uh, in a new interview with IGN, the team made clear that there was still a case, but it doesn't seem necessarily, or it doesn't necessarily mean Moon Studio won't return to the world it's created. 
Here's a good one, Mike. Instagram user Richard Mallard has managed to run Doom Eternal on his Samsung fucking fridge. Thanks to xCloud. Spotted by The Verge, Mallard shared a video of his results to his personal profile on Monday, showing an early level of Doom Eternal running and responding to his Xbox controller inputs on the Samsung's fridge screen. Mallard achieved this by sideloading the Android version of the Xbox Game Pass app onto his not-so-mobile device. The app actually manages to portray the correct aspect ratio on the Samsung's fridge's screen, <laughs> although the screen is formatted in portrait mode, so there are several inches of unused space. Nevertheless, the game appears to run about as smooth as you would hope on a cloud streaming surface. Jesus Christ. I love could you imagine, like, Could you imagine coming to the kitchen for dinner and the wife being like, oh, are, uh, you know, are you are you happy with for dinner? And you're like, yeah, I don't care. And then like, she's like, what are you doing? And she's just staring at the, the fridge. And then his wife looks and is like, wait a minute, what the hell is this? That would, that would be something that would happen with my partner and I, where I'd be like, oh, no, no, I'll make dinner tonight. Oh, you're good. Just relax in the kitchen. It'll, it'll take a while, but I'll make dinner, you know, and... You know, two hours pass. Order and she's like, pizza. What? What the hell's going on in there? She comes in. I'm just fucking sitting there playing Doom Eternal. Like, oh We're god, the jig is up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, trying to keep the fucking train on the rails here, but God knows that never happens with this show. Um, Game Pass update. So we got some new games coming to Game Pass, as always, coming soon on October 15, technically today. So out when you hear this. These are all games coming out already live now. Go play them. As we said before, Age of Empires 3 Definitive Edition out on PC. Heave Ho out on PC. Katana Zero out on all supported platforms on Xbox Game Pass. Tales of Desperia Definitive Edition is on console and PC. And The Sword of Ditto is on PC. That's out now. October 21st, though, Scourgebringer is coming to console, and October 22nd, Cricket 19 and Superland are coming to console as well. Leaving Game Pass, though, so jump on this, like I was saying before. October 15th, Felix the Ripper on console and PC, Metro 2033 Redo on console and PC, Minute on console and PC, Saints Row 4 Reelected on PC, State of Mind on PC, and then on October 30th, like I was saying, After Party's leaving, that's on console, jump in to play that game it's fucking awesome uh lego star wars 3 on console rise and shine on console tacoma on console and pc the lord of the rings adventure card game on console and pc and the red strings club on pc so after all that after all the rigmarole mike before we head into the news here anything you want to tackle so i do want to cover something that came out per jake sucky at jake sucky but he's jake lucky on twitter mm -hmm. um LeBron James' son, Brawny, gets grounded from a Warzone event by his dad, LeBron, because Brawny was on Instagram smoking weed, and he's FaZe Clan's newest member. So Right, I know that, but wait, he got grounded for it. Like, he isn't allowed to play in a Warzone event because of it. Damn. Come on, so, Brawny. Um, basically, another thing... Um, Another that's that's a, a rumor spinning around on the internet. It's being denied, whatever. I just think it's hilarious that LeBron James' son is going to be in esports, be, <laughs> basically because of his name, not because of his skill. Uh, right, right. And you know, it, it's just funny. Um, but the the things I really want to talk about is um, the Total War games coming to Steam. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've never played that, but that's sick. Um, but most importantly. I think um, 
you know, being able to just kind of take your Xbox 360 saves with you is pretty intense because I have a lot of stuff on my Xbox 360 save that I wish I could play on newer consoles. And it seems like I'm finally going to get that. So I'm super pumped for that. And that's awesome that they're able to make that happen. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And, And to be honest, that's what I was thinking too, because now granted, you know, it, there are some things that I still have associated with my Xbox account that are from my 360 days that realistically, like, like I would bring forward that I may or may not use ever, but it's, it's a nice thing to have. Now, granted, I think this is more actually marketed towards the like nine people in the world who are probably still playing on the Xbox 360 as their main piece of hardware, which no, that's no sour grapes to them or anything like that. It's just, they're, you know, they're, it, this is just an incentive to be like, yo, it's time, like, please move on to our next console. It's great sure, you've been supporting no, this yeah. for so long. Yeah, you know, but that is a nice added bonus. I mean, that's a nice little incentive to hopefully get those people to, you know, carry forward and, you know, move on to get into the, you know, um, Xbox Series S or X, whatever they choose, which to be quite honest, I don't necessarily blame a lot of people for who were, you know, 360 heads that said, you know what? I'm good with not using the or going the Xbox One route this generation because to be quite honest, it burned a lot of people right off the bat. So, you know, some people issues and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I get it. You know, it's it's understandable. So, you know, good for them. Um, I still think it's crazy, though, the everything revolving around Sega's 60th anniversary that they're just releasing these like smaller form games out that are, you know, full fledged games, but are just hey, these are only going to be available for, you know, X amount of time, and we just made them just for this event. They're small experiences, but here you go. Like, it's just crazy that they were actually able to go in and, you know, do stuff like that. And um, I saw Adam posting about it, which there are some, you know, obviously some, there was talk around Crunch involving the Golden Axe game and stuff like that that he shared that he was a little, like, skeptical on, like, people being like, hey, cool, look, the game that I crunched my ass on actually got released that I probably won't see any, you know, revenue from or anything like that. So, you know, it, point being, at the end of the day, though, it's cool to see those type of experiences, like Sega kind of going in and into their, you know, back catalog of IP and just saying, hey, here's some cool stuff. Here's some, you know, here's some random small experiences, some game ideas that we had that never came to fruition. We decided to make these small experiences out of those. So, that's always cool. And, you know, more the initiative stocking up on more talent is never a bad thing. Um, you know, I, as somebody who has been on record saying they're a huge Naughty Dog fan um, and plays on everything. But as much as I love the Xbox, I love PlayStation, too. You know, so knowing the experiences I've got out of Naughty Dog games and, you know, especially playing The Last of Us Part Two, you know, yet I, I replayed it for the first time since launch to go back and get the platinum recently that one of the things that always stood out with that game was the animation with it, that it felt so lifelike and felt so actual. The combat felt actually lived in and what you would expect from that guerrilla warfare almost of 
what you would be going through with hand-to-hand melee and also the you know gun the gun combat as well and everything involving that especially one of the one of my favorite things is i know that i know this is an xbox show so i'll get off it soon but it does play into this a little bit that when you go to upgrade your weapons in the last of us part two at workbenches the animation of breaking down the gun and unloading the and you know taking out all the ammo and everything like that is one of the most satisfying things i've ever seen so if that type of animation can in detail can be brought into the initiatives project from these ex naughty dog employees fucking sign me up already. So, um, it's great. So with that being said, Mike, let's head into the news this week before we get a little too long in the tooth. Let's kick it off here. Xbox series X and series S launch lineups have been announced by Microsoft. Finally. So this comes from Jonathan Dornbush over on IGN. As always link in the description, go and check out everyone's work that we pull from each and every week. They deserve all the clicks. So make sure you go over and check that out. Microsoft has outlined the list of day one launch games for the Xbox Series X and Series S, a host of new next-gen games, as well as cross-gen releases spanning both Xbox exclusives and third-party multi-platform offerings. The full list, as revealed by Microsoft today, also denotes what games support smart delivery, the process by which Xbox players can play the platform-specific versions of each game, even if they play across platforms, as well as what games will be available with Xbox Game Pass. The launch list includes now that I'm going to go through this. This might be a little bit long, but there are a lot of like cro- or, uh, smart delivery and whatnot, you know, cross gen games. So just hold on to your pants a little bit. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is via smart delivery, Borderlands 3 through smart delivery, Bright Memory 1.0 through smart delivery, Cuisine, uh, Cuisine Royale through smart delivery, Dead by Daylight, which is on Game Pass, but you do get the smart delivery version, the next gen version with it. Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, Dirt 5, you get the smart delivery with that too, Enlisted, Evergate, The Falconeer with smart delivery, Fortnite, Forces Horizon through Game Pass, smart delivery, all that jazz, Gears 5, same thing, Gears Tactics, which is releasing for the first time on consoles via Game Pass and smart delivery, Grounded through Game Pass with smart delivery, King Oddball, Maneater, Manifold Garden, smart delivery, NBA 2K1, that was actually released, you know, revealed as the first next-gen game to be priced at $69.99, if you remember. Observer, System Redo, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Planet Coaster, Tetris Effect Connected, which is actually on Game Pass, which is pretty surprising, being the new version of Tetris Effect that's coming to Xbox specifically, and that's also getting smart delivery. The Tourist, War Thunder, Warhammer, uh, Chaos Bane Slayer Edition, Watchdog Legion, which getting smart delivery as well because of it already releasing beforehand. Uh, WRC 9 FIA World Rally Championships, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is releasing the this version of it at least, the next-gen version exclusively on Xbox, uh, and Yes, Your Grace with smart delivery as well. So while the list does not include any brand-new first-party Xbox titles, it does mark Gears Tactics' arrival on console after its launch on PC earlier this year. It launches alongside Xbox Series X and S versions of existing Xbox games like Grounded, Gears 5, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, and more. Plus, Xbox players at launch will get some console exclusives like Enhanced Tetris Connect, as well as Yakuza Like a Dragon, which, while also on current-gen platforms, does not hit PS5 until March 2021. So, Mike, launch lineups. They're traditionally kind of hit or miss at best for most consoles. For Microsoft, outside of Halo, which realistically an argument probably could be made saying that even that wouldn't count considering 
Halo didn't have its boon really until once it was already released and people went and bought the console. There wasn't that hype cycle leading up to it really that we saw sure. once Halo became a you know proven commodity. But you know, nothing truly has been a system seller ahead of its launch. Like I said, outside of Halo, that you know, put your pitchforks down. Halo's great, but definitely booned after it launched. Unfortunately, the trend doesn't seem to be broken this time around. You know, we talked about how much already Halo Infinite's delay ultimately probably would hurt the launch lineup for Microsoft's next-gen offering, but right, it's really, really come into focus right now. So my question really is, to kind of start off the conversation, does the Xbox Series X's feature offerings, you know, we're talking quick resume, smart delivery, and really even Game Pass Ultimate, if you want to throw that in there, and just general upgrades given to back catalog games and, uh, you know, the backwards compatibility games. Does that stand tall enough on its own as a reason to buy into the system on day one? We're not talking, you know, 2021, 2022, after, you know, uh, you know, Xbox Game Studio games get up and running, we see what the initiative has, yada, yada. I'm talking day one, you know. While all of these you know, items and these features kind of, you know, previewed great. That's, you know, awesome. You know, tons of people love these quality of life features that you're going to get with these. Will it really matter if there are really no truly true next gen titles or first party experiences, new experiences that you're getting out of the gate? Will any of that matter? I would uh, personally, no, uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, I guess if you're really fed up with the Xbox One, maybe you would want to jump up to the Xbox Series X because, let's face it, most of the experiences you're going to get on the Xbox Series X is going to be games that you already have played. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some of this launch release lineup stuff is like games that have, have already been out and it's just going to be backwards compatible. Um, some of them are like, not a, not. there's not a single game that's being released. Let me just cut the, cut to the chase. So the listeners kind of know where I'm coming from. Basically, there's not a single thing that you listed off on this release that would make me, you know, want to hop out there and buy an Xbox Series X. So now that we've crossed mm -hmm. that bridge, is there anything, you know, now I did see like a, uh, I guess they're TikToks nowadays, but it looks like a Vine. But anyway, I did see a TikTok of someone who was, you know, kind of showcasing the fast resume option that the games come with. And I thought that, you know, it's really awesome. It's a really incredible feature, really. But I don't think it's going to be enough for me to really jump at it just simply because if I want to play NHL 21, I'm going to have it on my Xbox One. Um, and there's no games that are coming out right immediately that makes me, like, have to hurry up and go buy something. But that go comes for, like, the PlayStation 5, too. There's nothing that I'm, like seeing from it that's really incredible uh mm -hmm. i'm just gonna stand pat with my pc and my xbox one for right now and i know this is like sacrilege because we do an xbox show but it's just how i'm feeling man i just don't want to go out in the middle of a pandemic spend 500 bucks on something that isn't going to increase my like mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of i'm not getting a whole lot of value out of it basically right Right. And I'll be honest, I don't think that's what you're saying is not very sacrilegious because especially right now, and we've talked about this multiple times before we get, and if you're new to the show, we had an episode handful of weeks ago. Now, um, our boy MC Fixer joined the sh me on the show the one week. And we talked about this specifically that the systems really aren't the next gen systems. That's not the next generation for Microsoft Xbox game pass and game pass ultimate and the ecosystem is the next gen system for Xbox. That's, that's what it is. So realistically, 
what you're saying, you're already in next gen. Like you're already mm-hmm. you're already in Microsoft's plans already. You have Game Pass. You have Game Pass Ultimate. You're you're in there. You're playing on. You're playing in Xbox already. Like whatever comes out from their first party offering, you're already in day one on Game Pass on your PC. Boom, there you go. So to me, that's not sacrilegious. That's in realistically, I mean, we're full grown adults. Yada yada. We you know you're in school still and only working part time. You have you know only X amount of income to go off of. Like it is what it is type of deal, you know, and me, you know, I got bills and shit to play. Now, now granted, I was able to get pre-orders on both the PS5 and Xbox Series X, but the PS5, I'll be quite honest, I feel much better spending that money on because there are experiences that I want out of there, and Sony has given me reason right now to say, hey, you want to invest in our system. This is a reason to invest in our system day one because, hey, you have Miles Morales. Spider, Spider-Man PS4 is one of my favorite games of all time. Like, it's in top 10, easily. I, I connected so much with that game, not just because I am a big comic nerd and a superhero nerd and I fucking love Spider-Man, but it, it did a lot of things for the action-adventure genre and, you know, third-person action game for superheroes that I think transcend a lot of different mediums that they really did something special with that game. So having the, you know, 1.5 version of that game, plus the remastered version of Spider-Man two day one. Cool. I'm in, um, same with demon souls. I want to get in and play demon souls. That's right there. And it's all, it's being upfront and having these offerings, which to be quite honest, I mean, I, you know, we run this show. I want to cover the series X. I want to get into next gen, you know, and, I have the, you know, I have the disposable income right now to buy into it now. You got money to blow. Right. No, granted, like, I've also been saving up for these, you know, knowing that, hey, next gen's coming later this year. I'm going to start saving up money early this year, you know, to make sure it's all paid off. So, like, but I have the disposable income to do it now, so I might as well do it. Outside of that, though, like, I'm still very hesitant on actually buying my Series X, like, right off the bat. Because there's, I'll be quite honest, I'm like you. I have a pretty decent PC. I can play all of xbox's you know microsoft's first party experiences all of their you know all the game pass uh stuff that comes on pc like realistically and outside of a handful of you know different things that exceptions and whatnot from third parties maybe and things like that i'm probably not going to this generation there's probably like out of all the games i play in the xbox ecosystem on this generation coming up, maybe, and I say a hard maybe, 10% of the games that I play, I'll actually go and buy. The rest are going to be on Game Pass. So, to me, I, I just still am finding a hard... Features and stuff are great. And, and, and like I said, we're PC gamers as well, so we understand, you know, how important quality of life things are like having fast load times with ssds i have two ssds in my fucking now granted one's small that's why i have two but two ssds in my pc one that my os basically just lives on and another that i have you know games that i do want to have quick i do want to not worry about load times you know csgo rainbow six siege uh stuff like that that like games that i want to load in fast red dead redemption 2 that loads really fast on my ssd you know, so I I am already experienced a lot of those, so I can I can I definitely understand why people you know are hyped to get in on that level from the features alone. But at the same time, 
there's other avenues to achieve that. Like, that isn't the end-all be-all with next-gen in terms of... In terms of, like, getting in the door to the casual consumer, I don't think a lot of those things are going to hit as hard as Microsoft thinks. And... Because it, it, it's very niche stuff. Like, you go and tell somebody, oh, yeah, it's going to load fast because it's got this SSD in it. And the fucking, you know, person who buys Madden and Call of Duty every year, those are their two games. If, at best, if they buy it, they're going to say, what? Like, they, they don't know anything about that. And that's not any sour grapes then. They're just, we have to think that, like, you and I are in, we, we host a fucking video game podcast. We're at the enthusiast level of video games like we we are passionate about the industry we know the ins and outs things like that so it's like we're 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 more the one percent than the 99 comparatively so i just don't think these features are going to be uh you know across the board enough to carry through comparative to and grant i don't want to start console war conversations and things like that because i just love video games and i don't care where i play them and whatnot i love my xbox and playstation equally that it's you know, to me, though, I have more of a reason to buy a PlayStation 5 right now than an Xbox Series S, X because I'm more worried about the games I'm going to be playing on it. That's great that I could play all of these games and I can play them quick and everything like that, too. But at the same time, I have a PC I can play them on. I don't need to worry about that. I also have, you know, I have an Xbox One X that it, it's a pretty fucking good system still. Like, it's not too bad still. It, it does native 4K. It does all of that. Now, granted, I would like to play, you know, when it comes out, Halo Infinite on, you know, probably a traditional console because that's how I enjoy best playing those games, especially if I'm going to get, you know, PC-like frames for the most part and native, you know, 4K, 60 frames while playing the game. You know, 60 frames, and we're talking campaign, like, native 4k hdr like my pc doesn't do that so it's like okay i'm going to want to play that on a series x but right now out the gate man i i struggle to think that these features are actually going to like move consoles right off the bat i don't know it's just it's it, it's just to me it seems a little i i just you're really you're really seeing how hard and i still stand by and i know you do too it was right to delay Halo Infinite, 1,000%. But at the same time, we're seeing the ramifications of that where you're saying, hey, here's our here's our next-gen console. And obviously, like I said, they're more worried about getting you into the ecosystem, whether it's through these two new systems coming out or, you know, Game Pass Ultimate on your PC or your Xbox One that they're still going to support for a couple of years and still get all of their first-party titles are going to be cross-gen. Halo Infinite's going to be an Xbox One game still, you know, so, or, you know, hell, they don't even care if you buy a fucking system. You can play on your phone. Like, if you have an Android device and soon iOS, like, they're going to figure out a way to make that happen. You can get in the door for 10 bucks a month or whatever, 15 bucks a month, and boom, there you are. You don't even need a system. So, you know, to me, it's just, I just don't think those things are going to line up, especially with you're saying, hey, and here's our... You know, you want to buy this console, and the reason why is fucking Gears Tactics, which, no offense <laughs> to Gears Tactics, it, to be honest, it sounds like I'm not a huge, you know, XCOM fan, but I've heard great things about Gears Tactics. Like, for what it does, its first outing mm -hmm. within that stratosphere, that's great. I have, I've heard absolutely great things about it. It ain't enough, That doesn't, though. it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it isn't Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. 
it is you, you just Souls. ain't built that way, huh? Like, right, and that's like, and that's the thing. And and granted, they're not necessarily marketing it like that, but at sure. the same time, it's still being touted as, "Hey, this is a launch title for this." Okay, well, I'm sorry, but I don't think I'm necessarily going to rush out to play that day one. Like, this is a reason to buy these consoles. Okay, well, all of these features X, Y, and Z are the reasons to buy this console. Well. I just don't, I, I personally, somebody who's already in their ecosystem and doing a, you know, in the video game stratosphere, like, I have a PC that can do all of that. I have my Xbox One X that, yes, okay, cool, it loads 40 seconds longer than the other one. As, obviously, I'm all about if I can get it quicker, cool, but at the same time, I don't know if $500 justifies that right now. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, just before I mean, we move just, on to the next topic, but yeah, no, I just I agree with basically what you're saying wholeheartedly. Like, kind of how I said that there's no games that really justify. It's not even like a justification of the price because, again, you have to understand that when you buy an Xbox Series X, you're buying to get into the you know the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know if that's necessarily enough to convince people to do it. Right? Like, I just mm-hmm. don't. I don't see it personally. I just don't. Um, and and like I no... said, this is no, this is no, like we're shitting on Xbox or anything like that. Yeah. By no means. I, I, for how, since we started the show, the one thing I've kept saying is I will, I fucking commend Xbox for all the, the consumer friendly things they're doing and the forward thinking things they're doing and how they're building momentum heading into this next gen. Because I'll be quite honest. I'll take Microsoft's transparency fucking 10 times over than Sony's transparency right now, given their system. They just, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, they just revealed their UI today, where Microsoft's been pretty forward, like, about a lot of things. Now, granted, might not be as intuitive, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but to be quite honest, I'll I'll take everything the way that Phil Spencer and the Xbox team, Aaron Greenberg, Matt Booty, all those guys have been handling, rolling out preview footage, rolling out, hands-on impressions to media influencers, yada, yada. I mean, the Xbox Series X has been in the hands of media and influencers now for what? Three weeks. Yeah. If not more like, holy shit. Like in the PlayStation five hasn't even been, nobody's held outside of, you know, a few, um, you know, bigger Japanese, uh, influencers, Nobody outside of Jeff Keighley has held a fucking DualSense controller. Like, <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, I mean, I do, because at the same time, Sony's in a dominant position right now heading into next gen that realistically, if they don't want to show anything, they probably don't have to because it's going to sell no matter what. But at the same time, like, Microsoft's, I'll take Microsoft transparency. I just don't want to be viewed as, oh, we're shitting on Microsoft right now because that's the last thing we're trying to do because I want this console to fucking succeed more than anything. <laughs> I want I want a competitive, I want a competi- competitive battlefield bet- between the two because, not because I believe in console wars, because I know them pushing each other is only going to benefit us, the gamer, at the end of the day. So, also sorry, I didn't mean to. I I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mike. I'm sorry. No, no, I just think it's fair for us to be critical of Mm -hmm. Microsoft because I think it gives us a a a bit of integrity, if you will. Because you know, there's plenty of people out there who might, you know, basically 
mince words because they're more concerned about media access than someone who might just be sort of like me and just not that I don't really give a shit about media access, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to allow it to sway my opinions or mm-hmm. cause me to write favorably about a system or a group of people just because I'm afraid of losing that access. It's just not, that's just not going to ever happen for me. And I think that, you know, at the same time, we're not necessarily shitting on Microsoft per se, but you know, we kind of are because like, you just, you got to do something more special, man. Like we get mm-hmm. that you just are building an ecosystem, but don't even bother releasing a console then or delay it, which is kind of what we have said for a long time is like, just delay the fucking thing. Wait till mm-hmm. you have some good games to launch with it. I don't get the rush, but mm-hmm. you know, it's that quarter four rush and capitalist, you know, capitalist countries got to be able to get that profit margin up. So your, you know, quarter four earnings report looks amazing. So your investors are happy. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. frustrating, but you know, I'm excited to see what comes next because obviously this isn't this this isn't this release isn't like you know it's not like oh this is the only game that's coming out you know it'll be fair uh, or it'll be good and eventually the system's going to be good it just feels like it's lacking you know some serious stuff right now. Mm-hmm. No, definitely it, it's in and definitely I'm not saying necessarily oh Xbox is out here trying to you know you know, wound or sway opinions or whatever, you know, they're just, I just really appreciate the transparency of, you know, Hey, here's our system. It's, you know, ready to go. Like it's going to hit the release date. Here you go. Like we're ready to start giving you hands-on impressions with this, you know, no matter what. So, you know, I just appreciate that position. Now, granted, like I said, they're coming from a point of, Hey, we're behind, you know, we're behind in this heading into next gen. You know, what can we do to continually, you know, get our message out, you know, more and more? And that's, you know, be the first to get impressions of next gen and things like that. So, you know, I definitely think and, and that's why I, you know, love doing the show because I love providing or at least I like to think the critical eye of, you know, I love Xbox, but I am not above saying, you know, yo, they got to change some of this stuff or same yeah. with PlayStation. I love PlayStation, but I'm not above saying, yo, that's not cool. Don't do this. Why are you blocking consumers out of this? Yada, yada, things like that. So anyways, before we get too long in the tooth, Mike, let's move on to our next news article. Microsoft will share digital digital revenues with GameStop on every Xbox it sells. We we're going to kind of go over this last week, but I did, I'm glad I did because more info has come out since then, uh, which I was hoping it would. But uh, this kind of broke last week, but there's more info that's kind of rounded this out and really much bigger info, if you ask me. So Let's get into it. Microsoft will share digital revenues with GameStop on every Xbox it sells. This is from James Batchelor over on gamesindustry.biz. As always, link in the description. Details have emerged about a partnership between Microsoft and GameStop that will see the retailer receive a share of all digital revenues generated by a console sold in their stores. The agreement has been rumored, but investor advisor Domo Capital Management claimed via Twitter that it had received confirmation from GameStop. The chain will get a share of all downstream revenue for customers it brings into the Xbox ecosystem this generation. Essentially, if a customer has purchased their Xbox Series X or S from any GameStop branch, the retailer will get a share of each digital purchase the user makes, whether whether it's a full-price game, downloads, or downloadable content. Domo, Domo claims the 
Domo claims this applies when the DLC is being purchased for a physical game that was bought at another retailer, providing the DLC is being bought for the X- or from the Xbox store. This also extends to pre-owned Xbox Series Xs and S consoles, with GameStop reporting to Microsoft every unit it sells. It's unclear whether a similar agreement exists with Sony. GamesIndustry.biz has reached out to GameStop for more information. Earlier this month, GameStop announced a multi-year strategic partnership with with Microsoft. While the bulk of the agreement focuses on back-end services, such as cloud-based business applications that will help run the stores, there was a line hinting at the digital revenue share. So, it's no secret, obviously, and we've talked about it on the show quite a lot before, that GameStop has been struggling for quite a while. Um, you know, hell, if it wasn't for the inevitable boon in sales that they're naturally going to get from next-gen console sales and things like that, and I mean, even before this partnership, we probably would be seeing a drastically different GameStop sooner than we anticipate even now. So, you know, but GameStop at the end of the day, it's still the specialty store in gaming. Whether people want to agree with that or not, it is. But even then... Its heels are backed up against the wall as we inch closer to this inevitable all-digital future that we keep talking about. So, Mike, why does Microsoft make this deal? You know, could this harm GameStop by making their sales team look more biased when it comes to pushing their product if people are now know, oh, well, I go in there, they're going to try to push an Xbox on me when I want to play on PlayStation, when I want to get the mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch version, the PC version, whatever, and, you know, they're going to push Xbox on me now nonstop. You know, could that hurt them? from, you know, a perspective, a consumer perspective or anything like that, you know, but more importantly to me, you know, I think, could this really be the answer to making GameStop a player in the digital sales space? Could this be their in? Could this be their, you know, card to get in, their their pull to get into the digital race here? And do you think this can help GameStop get off life support for the most part, if done correctly? Yeah, I I am feeling, you know, this is it can kind of muddle the integrity that, you know, a GameStop might have had because let's be, just be 100% transparent with the listeners. Like there is a lot of people that are listening that are from America that have dealt with GameStop, myself, yourself included that have had negative experiences at GameStop. And that's mm-hmm. going to happen at every retailer. So I'm not saying that like GameStop is particularly bad compared to other ones because um, of poor experiences. But there have been times mm-hmm. where they push pre-sold games on you because they make more money on it. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of weird things that GameStop has done traditionally. So it's kind of on brand in a weird way, if you will, because it's like, well, you know, GameStop might have never really had my best interest in their mind whenever they I walked into one of their stores. So why mm-hmm. why does that matter? But I think, moreover, I think it's really nice um, because Microsoft is basically doing GameStop a favor, but uh-huh. more so like GameStop like might be one of Microsoft's preferred places for you to buy their consoles now, and they might end up running exclusive deals on consoles through GameStop, you know, down uh-huh. the line where it's like, hey, only at GameStop, $100 off this Xbox. You know what I mean? Like, again, that's not going to happen anytime soon because the game, the system is going to be brand new, right? But eventually, there's a potential for that to happen down the road. So I think it's a really nice thing for Microsoft to kind of include GameStop because, you know, like we've said before on the show and like you said tonight, like GameStop's on life support, um, Mm -hmm. at least what we're used to with GameStop. You know, they've already been trying to go through strategic marketing changes and things of that nature to, you know, stay alive. But I think it's actually Microsoft kind of 
offering a lifeline to GameStop. But again, I do think that GameStop's going to see a heavy increase in consoles purchased at their location if they're able to run specific deals that are, you know, you can only get a GameStop, right? Mm-hmm. No, I mean that's it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird that you know I I worry about that a little bit, but at the same time, you know I I still think that. I still think people are for the fact that GameStop's been around for fucking how long now that I solely think for the most part anymore in general, the free market within games pretty much decides itself. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to have like it, it, it's like when you walk into it's almost like when I and I don't this is a much more hyperbolic or drastic, you know, you know, comparison, I guess. But it's like when you walk into a Walmart and there's the dude who's trying to fucking sell you Comcast cable that it's like, no, I don't want to talk to you. Even if I have Comcast cable, I'm good. Like, you know, I don't think we're going to get to that point because at the end of the day, like people already know what they're going to like, what system they're probably going to get or probably, you know, what's going to be the popular system because they're going to worry about what their friends tell them at school, what their coworkers say, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not certain people are going to it's going to ruin their like perspective or like their people's outlook on GameStop, which right now is low in general. Like, I don't think it can get really too much lower, but I, the one thing though, that does give me hope because I'll be quite honest for the handful of bad experiences I've had at a GameStop over the years, 95% of them have been great. And like, especially over the past, couple years as GameStop started to decline a bit in their sales and whatnot and, you know, fall on harder times and more stores close and whatnot. I'll be honest. I've had less, I've had employees push the cards and things like that on me less than before, which is weird Mm -hmm. because you would think now would be the time where they're like, yo, membership, 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 everything like that. All of the employees that I've dealt with, like, in the past year, like, 99% of them have been fucking stellar. Like, have been, like, you know, just will bullshit with you. And not in, like, a, hey, you know, you know, buy this game, buy this game, buy the, you know, or buy this membership, or yada, yada, let's get you signed up for this. No, it's always been, like, if I go in to buy something, if it's just, like, oh, yeah, I'm grabbing this, or, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just looking around. Like, every now and then, I'll get the one who's, like, oh, what are you playing right now? And I'll be like, oh, this and that. And they're like, oh, really? Like, I'm playing this. I do want to get into that. What do you think about it? And like, it turns into a 10 minute conversation. And now like, I kind of have a hookup at GameStop because one of the guys like listens to our show and stuff like that. Like, you know, he can, you know, if I get, you know, hey, I want to try to get a pre-order. I'll get a heads up ahead of time or something like that. Like with. So are are you pandering just because you know he's listening? (laughs) Have you compromised our, our integrity? I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. No, but, but point being, I, I don't think, I mean, at the end I of the think, day, the employees there, like, no, like I didn't mean to like piss on GameStop. And, I, no, let me just no, say that no. I didn't no, mean to, to piss be on quite honest. No, 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 they're no. just, they're just people. No, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, for the most part, for the most part, most store leaders and down really like most management in retail in general, are not the problem. It's corporate right. who usually is the problem. And you know that Correct. from Morgan Retail and shit like that. Yes. That's the ones who are pushing like that Like the fact shit, that right? I have to go into the store tomorrow an hour early, specifically because they want to open an hour early for fucking iPhone pre-orders. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. 
hey, iPhone man, pre-orders. So- 8 a.m. Somebody's going to be there at the fucking Westmoreland fucking T-Mobile store, baby. <laughs> yeah, I want to piss on them. <laughs> but in general, um, I I want GameStop to succeed. The, the games industry is better and the gaming ecosystem is better with a good GameStop because I'll be quite honest. I think it's going to be one of those things that, and granted, obviously, COVID now is kind of throwing a wrench into how we fucking just handle shopping in general and whatnot. But, you know, people are going to miss the specialty store when it's gone. You know, like it, it, it's going to become, it's going to soon become the comic book shop of years past where now you see comic book shops. They're very rare, few and far between. And it's such a niche thing where gaming and granted gaming's having this massive boon right now again. And, you know, it's, we're in my opinion, heading into yet again, another golden age of gaming where gaming's at an all time high. But once those stores start go going away, this, it starts to peel back what makes gaming great because a lot of the times gaming is something you experience with a lot of people. It's what you experience with friends and like having that place to go in and say, Hey, I want to get the, like going to Walmart, you saying, Hey, I want to, Hey, do you guys have blah, blah, blah. And it's some fucking six year old woman behind the counter, not knowing what the hell you're talking about. When you can go to GameStop and say, Hey, I want to get this game, but do you have the collector's edition of it? Do you have, Oh yeah, let me check. Actually, no, uh, but we have this version. You get this, 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 and this instead where somebody at Walmart or even Best Buy probably like may not be able to tell you that. So like, I think these people, I think people are quick to throw GameStop fucking down the well, fucking the ring style. Like I think, I think it's going to be, people are going to miss it when it's gone, you know, and hopefully having this boon with Microsoft potentially that, you know, people are going to go and hopefully more people are going to buy into the Xbox ecosystem this time around. And, you know, we're going to see GameStop hopefully, you know, get a little boon from this. Hopefully, knock on wood. Uh, you know, I just, I don't get the whole point of people. Like, I, I do think it's funny whenever you see the memes that are like, you know, GameStop's on, you know, GameStop had another major loss, you know, financial loss or whatever. And people are like, well, maybe they shouldn't have fucking charged me 38 cents for my copy of Madden 2008 or something like fucking. Okay. Like, yeah, those are funny. Haha. Yeah. But like. I'm not one of those people that it's like GameStop's never been like super malicious. Like, yeah, they yeah. give you fair market value on their fucking games. Like if you didn't want to buy the game and you didn't get it out, they could also give you fucking nothing for it. Like you could go and sell it on Craigslist, go and sell it on Facebook, go and sell it on whatever you're choosing the easy route to go to GameStop and you're going to get a fraction of what it's worth because that's the easy way to do it. Cool. Like that's just like, unfortunately like how the system works. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but I, I just don't get the whole like dancing on the grave part of GameStop because they've never really done anything super malicious. Like to you, the consumer where they're like, yes, fuck them. <laughs> like it's usually 99% of the people that you interact with there are fine. Like they're cool. They're just like you. They play video games and they just work at a shitty retail job. Like it sucks. Like, and as somebody who's worked in shitty retail jobs, just like you, Mike, as somebody who's worked in shitty retail jobs before, like it sucks. Like, but it's usually because of the higher up. So, but hopefully something like this, whenever hopefully GameStop can become a player within, this could be there into the digital, you know, storefront area of thriving, hopefully in this digital era of gaming as soon we're going to come to it eventually where it's going to be vast majority digital sales over physical that how does GameStop survive? This could potentially be it. So 
I hope so. And I I think this will be the thing that could potentially help GameStop push through or even help them get to a point where they can start transforming into what the future of GameStop could be, whatever that is. And hopefully that remains a brick and mortar store. But, you know, who knows? I, I don't want I just don't want to see people. I just don't get the dancing on the grave thing. That's all. You know, it, it's a little weird that I just hope they, you know, I, to me, at least I, I, I want to see them. I don't want to see anybody's business fail. I don't want to see anybody unless you're, you know, kind of like Jeff Bezos with Amazon, who's just kind of like a shithole with his money, like and treats his employees shitty. That's a little different. But <laughs> anyways, before we go down that rabbit hole, Mike, let's move on to our last news article for the week. Microsoft's new look Xbox dashboard is rolling out this week. This comes from Sam Byford over on The Verge, as always, link in the description. Go over there and check out Sam's article. The October update for Xbox is arriving this week, bringing with it a taste of the next generation. Microsoft has announced a new dashboard design is rolling out to Xbox consoles as part of the latest update, and it'll also run on the Xbox Series X and S when they launch next month. The new, this new UX was first shown off back in August. Microsoft says the home screen loads 50% faster on boot and 30% faster when exiting a game, with 40% less memory required on the Series X. It's not clear if owners of older consoles like the One S should expect performance improvements, though. The layout isn't hugely different, but there have been tweaks to the elements like the guide and the game's library, and visually, it's now, cl now a closer match for other Xbox products like the Xbox app for Windows. You can now customize your profile with themes too, and Microsoft has reshuffled the layout for new users to highlight features like Xbox Game Pass and the store. The update isn't a huge one, but then Microsoft's last big overhaul was just this past February. Microsoft does have a pe uh, penchant for radically redesigning the X its Xbox UI multiple times each generation, so who knows how long the Xbox Series X dashboard will end up looking like this. For now, though, you can get a head start on its interface by updating your own console. So, while obviously UI isn't necessarily the sexiest thing in the world when it comes to reasons to buy a new console, really, it should be your fucking last thing. You're worried about the games you're going to play, how the, how the games play, things like that whenever we're talking about new consoles and buying into next gen. But I think the conversation is pretty timely. So if you're not aware, Sony today released it's the UI for the PlayStation five after a lot of people have been asking for that. And like I said, Sony not being very transparent comparative to Microsoft with their next gen system. Now just showing the UI and what's going on, you know, behind the door and what people can expect when they boot up their new next gen system. Microsoft is also now saying, hey, you're actually going to get your hands on yours, you know, this week, pretty much. You're going to know what the, when you boot up your Series X, you're going to know what the interface is like because you're going to be using it for a couple weeks now. So, you know, while Sony's UI had a bunch, you know, a bevy of new features and things like that, do you think Microsoft really made the right choice of keeping its UI experience relatively unchanged outside of the notable, you know, quality of life things like the performance upgrades and, you know, being able to load a little bit faster and things like that. You know, while the age adage of, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it could potentially apply to it. The Xbox One's dashboard has changed fucking like a billion times <laughs> over this yeah. last generation. That shit doesn't stay the same very often. Uh, you know, and granted, I'll take, I'll take, hey, like to a degree, me personally, I'll take, Hey, let's try to find a, if you don't like this. Cool. Let's try to fix it. Let's find something that does work. I appreciate that. But consistency has to start kind of falling in at some point. But, mm -hmm. you know, 
And they haven't proven that consistency is next really their strongest suit. So do you think keeping it relatively unchanged, moving into next gen is the best move compared to, hey, let's throw a bevy of new features at you right off the bat? Yeah, I like I like them kind of releasing it pre, you know, new console release because a lot of the people that are going to be getting the new console probably have the Xbox One uh, mm-hmm. as of right now. So it'll let them get their feet wet and it won't be such a crazy, you know, transition. But I will mm-hmm. say, like, I do actually enjoy the Xbox One's, you know, UI as of right now. I think it's, it's gone a hell of a lot better. Yeah, I think it's really reasonable. Uh, I think on the mm-hmm. Xbox One, it is a little slow, but obviously that issue will be, you know, hopefully resolved with the Series X. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really good idea for them to release what the UI is going to be like, because it also, you know, they get, it's a read and react thing from Microsoft right now. They see what, you know, Sony's offering and then they're reacting. But, you know, previously they were the trendsetter with the price and everything. So, I really think that Microsoft's playing the right games with Sony right now to stay relevant. Um, the UI change will be nice, but, you know, I think it's in a pretty good spot right now. And I wouldn't hate dealing with a similar or the same UI as long as it functions properly and doesn't crash like my Xbox One does. But again, I have like a VCR Xbox One. I have an old ass one. So, like, you know, of course that's going to happen. It's getting up in age and everything. And, and you know, if you want a something that works a lot better they have the xbox one x which like you know hate it or love it like that's just the the reality of the situation it's like if you really are sick of the way your old xbox one performs buy a new one you know Mm -hmm. but i really do think that sticking with a similar ui and releasing it early is really smart because it'll just you know it's going to be like almost like a demo like it'll let people get used to it before you know coming out with a brand new console and people can't figure out, you know, how to do this or how to invite a friend to a party and things of that nature. I think it's a smart idea. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, curious definitely. to see, you know, what you have to say about it though. No, definitely. I, I love this idea that in granted, it just goes back into Microsoft's PC gaming approach, their ecosystem approach to this next generation. It, it's the fact that your Xbox one is going to carry forward at least for the next handful of years into the next generation. It's just part of the ecosystem within Microsoft's just broad Xbox platform that they're, you know, you getting to have a taste, you already buying into this, getting a taste of, you know, the UI and what you're going to expect when you boot up your system. It's just like, it is literally, now granted, obviously, Windows is a lot deeper than that, but it is the Windows approach that it's like, cool, you boot up any PC, you're greeted with the same fucking thing. If you have Windows 10 on your computer, it doesn't matter what kind of computer you have. You're going to see the same fucking thing when you boot up. Like, mm-hmm. unless you obviously have, you know, various, you can actually go in and transform your UI on the back end and things like that. But I digress. The point being, though, it's uniform. It, it It's really good that you're going to have people be able to go in and say, okay, this is the experience I'm going to get yada yada right off the bat. And that's great that, you know, cool. Just off the bat alone, like you're going to see performance upgrades across Xbox One into Xbox Series X with the UI in general, because that's one of the biggest things people have, like you were saying. Now, granted, who knows if those the older Xbox Ones, the Xbox One S, yada, yada, will benefit from those things. But the sole fact that we're also just in and it's almost like it, it reminds me kind of Bungie with uh, Destiny 2 right now being able to slim down their actual 
you know, footprint on your hard drive with their file size of Destiny 2 that they're optimizing it to be able to get it to that, that we're seeing that now with the UI with Microsoft, that it's just, it's things like that that I think people are going to really, that to me is, and I know I said like, in not too long ago, it might sound like I'm contradicting myself a little bit, but, you know, because I said like, hey, like, you know, this is why I'm playing next gen. This is, you know, I want games with my next gen console and yada, yada, you know, for Microsoft, all I want is more first party games. That's the biggest thing I want out of them. But from me being a PC gamer and a console gamer and seeing the benefits of PC gaming, I'm ready to get those benefits at the same time on my next gen consoles. I still want a reason to buy into Microsoft's outside of that, like games and things like that. Point being, like, that's why I'm saying, like, you know, PlayStation 5 is a little more appealing right now because it has games additionally on top of all these features. But point being, in general, when we're talking generational leap, like, I am ready to experience that on an Xbox platform when I do eventually buy into it. That, to me, these are these are the, these are the things that people, when they say next-gen, like, we're not seeing, yeah, ray tracing and things like that that are, you know, I don't want to say subtle, there are subtle things, but comparative to making these graphical generational leaps we're not seeing that really anymore with at least right now like going from xbox one to xbox series you know x for the most part or playstation 4 to playstation 5 like it's more quality of life things we're seeing load times that are super fast we're seeing being able to you know get in and out of games quick and suspend games and have multiple games suspended and being able to pull them right back up it's things like that that you know are the reason that next this is a new generation of you know hardware that we're going to get to experience and this UI just plays into it that it's going to be faster it's going to be quicker it's going to be snappier you're going to get in and out of things a lot quicker that's all great if you're buying into it right on day 1 you're going to already have that experience if you're already in the Xbox ecosystem only even better whenever you're getting the actual bevy of you know features that the Series X does offer which is great so you know, and and like I said, I'm sure I sound a little hypocritical saying that, but I am still excited for the Xbox Series X. Like I'm still gonna, I'm still getting one day one. I'm just saying, comparative to the game side of, you know, obviously Sony has their number right now with, hey, here's a ton of first party games that we haven't really seen outside of really the Switch with Breath of the Wild, which even then, when that first launched, literally the switch was the breath of the wild machine for the first, you know, couple weeks that, yeah. you know, that was the reason to buy that game. But outside of that, like the PlayStation five might have the best launch lineup coming out right now, outside of the N64 and Mario 64. Like it, it just, you know, launch lineups aren't that great in general, but it just sucks that Microsoft doesn't have any real heavy hitter first party title that we're going to see. But I digress point being with this article though, Anything like that, these quality of life things with the UI, with everything like that, they're great. I can't wait to experience that. And that to me is like a big component of why I'm excited for next gen. So getting a taste of that early is great. I'm all for it. And it just it just falls back into Microsoft's transparency of, hey, we're going to be releasing it. So we're able to get it out now to you. If you have an Xbox One, here you go. Cool. Try it out. Get used to it. So it's awesome. Mike, that being said, let's head into party chat before we round out the episode this week. If you're new to the show, 
Party chat is where we propose one question at the end of the show each week that we want to discuss could be as simple as what's your favorite story beat of a game or what have you been playing during quarantine or more in depth as to, you know, why the negative stigma around gaming still exists, which is bullshit, by the way. <laughs> and after answering it ourselves, we'll kick it over to you to tweet or to tweet if I can fucking spit it out. It's late. It's getting late. We're recording a lot later than usual. We'll kick it over to you to tweet your responses or email us if you want over on our email that's in our Twitter. But our Twitter over at, at GPGC Podcast, and we'll read some of the responses the following week. Last week's question, what's the first experience from each generation of Xbox console that you had that gave you that, wow, this is next-gen type of feeling? And deception underscore 19 on Twitter wrote in to us saying, for OG Xbox, it's got to be Halo CE when first playing the silent cartographer level. I agree. That's fucking awesome. Uh, Xbox 360, he lists Oblivion was the reason he bought a 360. So I'm guessing that is his whole next-gen experience. Doesn't really dive in too much there. And then Xbox One, he lists Battlefield 4, which is interesting. I never really thought of that. That's a launch game. but uh, And he said, with how flashy everything looked. I can definitely, I remember that was one of those Gamefly games that I got right whenever I first like got my Xbox One just to try everything out because I was fucking broke. Um, and I remember that looking actually really, really good. Um, so, Mike, this week's question, do you think you will use the quick resume feature on the Xbox Series X or S as much as Microsoft thinks you will? And quick, seri- or quick resume, as a reminder to the audience, is being able to suspend multiple games, even after like completely turning off your console, unplugging it and plugging it back in, being able to hop back into a game right where you left off without, you know, any real loading or anything like that. Do you think people are going to use that or you will use that as much as Xbox and Microsoft thinks you will, I guess. I think I will honestly use it a lot because Becoming adults, you know, we're so old, whatever, but no, being, you know, Man, a get off bit my lawn, now, damn it! <laughs> being so old now, like, we don't have as much time, I know I don't have as much time to dedicate, like, specifically to games to just sit there and play a certain game for a long time, so mm-hmm. I definitely think that... Oh yeah, get it out there, man. Sorry, I just had to yawn real quick. Um, <laughs> I've done it like so, six times this episode. <laughs> I, I definitely feel like, um, you know, I like to mix it up. I like to switch games. And I think it's going to be really cool that even, you know, after a day or two, I can hop back on and get right back into my Be a Pro on NHL 21 or get right back into this game, right to my save file, you know, and mm-hmm. not have to wait for it to load. Because at the end of the day, every little minute, every little, like, time's money, right? Every minute counts. Right. And it equates to different amounts for everyone like everyone takes their you know own personal time a little bit differently than the next person but Mm -hmm. i definitely you know value my free time a ton so Mm -hmm. i think it'll be awesome that a a lot of my free time won't be wasted like right in the loading screen uh what about you no definitely i i think i'll use it more than i think i will like i'm thinking right now to be quite honest and i'm like you but at the same time too granted yeah, I have a full-time job and everything like that, but I'm I'm done with school and, you know, I you know, my fiance and I live on our own and stuff like that. Like I have where I can make, you know, a handful of hours every night if I want to, you know, play games or whatever. She goes to bed pretty early, so and we play games together. So like I do play a lot of games still, you know, to a degree. Granted, I can't sit there 8 hours a day and play anymore unless it's like, you know, a special occasion on the weekends or something like that. But point being, like I do still play a lot of games and there are times that, you know, 
I do have that, what I like to call, you know, the gaming ADD where it's hard to, you know, stick to one thing or another or, you know, I'm bouncing back and forth. There's something like I'll start playing something. It's like, ah, you know, I want to play something else. I don't want to leave this. You know what? I'm going to suspend this and come back to it. And, you know, we don't have that option right now where now it is, you know, hey, cool. I can like keep like four or five games running at once. Like just cool. I'll come back to that if I'm like. I'm playing Cuphead and I get fucking pissed off at a boss and I want to walk away and you know what? I want to decompress for a while. I'm going to put on, you know, tell me why by uh, don't not, you know, I want to play a more, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like point and click esque, you know, telltale esque experience, like just kind of decompress or whatever. Cool. I'm going to jump in and play that. Cool. I can leave Cuphead off to the side. I don't have to worry about, you know, you know what? I play this for 45 minutes an hour. You know what? I want to jump back in and try that boss again. Boom. I'm already back in. You know, I could see myself being able to do that or my fiance coming in while I'm playing something and say, oh, I can we play X, Y, and Z game or whatever? Yeah, sure. Let me just throw that off to the side. I'll come back to it later. Cool. When she goes, you know, and does her thing after it goes to bed or whatever. Cool. Boom. I'm right back where I need to. Like, I think I'll use it more once I actually get hands-on with it and, yeah you know and it's in a more practical situations and stuff like that i'm sure i will and you know and that's on both consoles because i know sony has some uh technology that they're able to suspend stuff to you know it just goes back to it's stuff like that that it's like that is next gen stuff and you know i i know i keep saying i'm sure i sound like a hypocrite or whatever where i'm saying you know that's I want more from Microsoft because I do. I All the stuff that they are offering is fucking fantastic, but I want more at launch from them. But once I get into them, I'm going to love those things. I'm excited about having those things. I'm excited about Quick Resume. I'm excited about Smart Delivery, things like that. It's, you know, features like that. Once I'm in the ecosystem, I'm going to, it's going to be those things that I appreciate that I'm like, man, I'm going to wish, you, you don't wish, what is it? Um, you don't know what you have till it's gone type of thing. I think it's going to yeah. be like that where it's like, once I get in, it's like, man, how did I not have this on a console before this? You know, how did I go through playing fucking, you know, I'm trying to think like outer worlds and dealing with, you know, fucking low extreme, extreme load times and shit like red dead redemption playing that or red dead redemption Two playing that on Xbox or Xbox one X and like the load times being fucking huge, you know, and then, you know, getting in and being able to suspend that and come right back to it at any point and not worry about load times. Like, that's crazy. So, Mike, I think that's going to do it for our episode this week. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? Talk about everything we talked about, whether we're talking about launch games for the Xbox Series S and X or, you know, anything from the UI, anything from just the GameStop situation, anything like that that we talked about this week. Where can people find you on the interwebs to talk about all this gaming-ish yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at T-O-Y-S-X-L-D-I-E-R. That's Toy Soldier, but the second O is an X. Or you can find me on Twitch at MP underscore Toy Soldier. I've been streaming a lot more lately. Uh, the evening that this game is released, I'm playing in a Halo tournament. And then I'll probably be playing some Age of Empires following it. So I'll be on tomorrow night, uh, which will be tonight for you guys listening on release day. So hopefully I see you guys over at the stream. Why don't you tell them where they can find you? at Travelis, a.k.a. Oh, Barry, a.k.a. that guy died. <laughs> we don't know about six feet under, baby. <laughs> six feet under. I'm More repressing the... <laughs> repress, repress, repress. Um, and no, but as always, I'm your host, Travis White, a.k.a. Travelis, on most internet platforms, including at 
Travelus underscore on Twitter. That's T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S underscore. You can also find me streaming time to time on twitch.tv slash Travelus underscore. Same as Twitter. And if you want to play some video games with me, you can do so over on Xbox Live at just regular Travelus. That's T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S. No underscore. And that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this has been your newest episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversations around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe to us, rate us, review us, all that jazz wherever you get a podcast at, and follow us on Twitter at gpgc podcast stay up to date with everything regarding the show video games like and our dope giveaways with that being said mike that's going to do it for our episode this week thank you everyone so much for listening sharing and being a part of our growing community game on wash your hands listen to the doctors black lives matter and we will see you next week